We've survived the snow, and we're live at Sports Page Grill Ashland for another edition of In the Red Zone. Hi, friends. Rob Witham coming up in this hour. We'll go back to state championship Saturday, relive the championships for Highland Springs and Manchester. We'll look at the first RVA Sports Network top 10 boys and girls basketball polls released on Sunday and live. Defending Class 5 state champion Verina Boys basketball coach Andrew Lacey joins us at the bottom of the hour. That all starts after the news on WHA in Ashland, Richmond, W275BQ, Ashland. It's 6 o'clock. NBC News Radio. I'm Paul Dean Jackson. A large winter storm continuing to disrupt flights around our nation. There are over 1,900 canceled flights, according to FlightAware. So far, around 1,000 of those flights were canceled solely at Charlotte Douglas International Airport in North Carolina. Across the border, the word, stay off the roads. The biggest thing that we've seen with this event so far is a lot of downed trees and downed power lines. If you don't have to be out in this mess, please don't get out in it. That's Chris Madden from the South Carolina Department of Transportation. In North Carolina, the governor there has declared a state of emergency. A top contender to replace outgoing White House Chief of Staff John Kelly is taking himself out of the running. Nick Ayers said on Twitter that he'll be leaving the White House at the end of the year and will continue to advance President Trump's agenda after he departs. Ayers is serving as Vice President Mike Pence Chief of Staff. Other possible picks to replace Kelly are White House Budget Chief Rick Mulvaney and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. President Trump's son-in-law reportedly advised the Saudi crown prince following the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. The New York Times says an unnamed Saudi source told him that, quote, Kushner offered the crown prince advice about how to weather the storm, urging him to resolve his conflicts around the region and avoid further embarrassments, end quote. U.S. intelligence reports cite evidence that directly implicates the crown prince in Khashoggi's murder at the Saudi consulate in Turkey in October. Frayed nerves again in Alaska, a new earthquake putting people on edge there. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, a 4.8 quake rattled Anchorage today shortly after 11 a.m. Pacific time. It was reported about 15 miles north of the city, the same area where a large 7-point earthquake hit just over a week ago. A tremor caused many roads and bridges to be destroyed. No damage or injuries have been reported from today's event. Paul Dean Jackson, NBC News Radio. Now Skyscan weather on the meter. WHAN for tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 22. It'll be sunny for Tuesday with a high near 41. Tuesday night, mostly clear with a low around 24. For Wednesday, sunny with a high near 43. Wednesday night, mostly cloudy with a low around 28. Partly sunny for your Thursday with a high near 46. Thursday night, mostly cloudy with a low around 34. From the center of the universe, this is Chris Mindell. SkyScan Weather was brought to you by Market Ashland Partnership. Join us on the web at shopashlandfirst.com and like us on Facebook. One zero two nine, the Mater presents in the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West, and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. Glad to be back with you fans live from Sports Page Grill in Ashland. It is a Monday night and you're in the red zone. Hi friends, Rob with them here. Live on 1029 The Mater. We're online on the RBA Sports Network, available on the TuneIn Radio app on radio. That's R-A-D-I-A-L-L. R-A-D-I-A-L-L. Coming up in this hour, we have a ton to talk about. We'll tra- travel back to Saturday prior to the storm and talk about our very full day down at Armstrong Stadium at Hampton University, where we watched history be, na- be made not once but twice and in two different ways uh, with Highland Springs and with Manchester football. We'll talk more about 
that coming up after our first time out here in a few moments. Also in this hour live, we have the head coach of the defending Class 5 State Boys Basketball Champions, Andrew Lacey of Verina, standing by and waiting in the wings. Cannot wait to have a conversation with him. Their season now underway. Obviously, uh, Region 5B, one of the toughest regions in the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's going to be very interesting to see how that unfolds this season. So we'll talk to him about how it is now to be the hunted rather than the hunter uh, about their season so far, how the kids are doing. Uh, they haven't played nearly as many games as a lot of other teams have. They're 2-0 and on the season. And uh, we'll, we'll talk all about that and much, much more coming up with Coach Lacey. That'll be at or just past the 6.30 mark. We'll also go over uh, the first RVA Sports Network Top 10 Boys and Girls Basketball Polls, which were released on Sunday uh, in conjunction with the return of the Central Region Now podcast, which is now back now that football season is complete and will be available each Sunday from now until June when we wrap up the 2018-19 high school sports season. Happy to say that Central Region Now is not only available at rbasportsnetwork.com. You can stream it at the top of the page anytime on demand. You can also now listen to Central Region Now, the podcast on Spotify. RBA Sports Network joined Spotify yesterday. And so if you are a Spotifyer and you know what I'm talking about, if you are one, just search RBA Sports Network up there on Spotify and you can enjoy current and past editions of both Central Region Now and we have some editions of In the Red Zone posted as well and we'll have more coming by the way right now though i want to start with a couple of big basketball games from saturday involving randolph macon let's kick things off with talking about the wins basketball team they had a rugged week last week when we were with you last monday night it was the eve of a stretch of three games in five days where the Yellow Jackets, at that point winners of six in a row, would go to Fredericksburg and take on always a quality Mary Washington team. They would come home on Thursday night to take on another member of the Capital Athletic Conference in uh, St. Mary's of Maryland, uh, coached now by a former Carol LaHaye assistant. And then Saturday, it was the longest trip in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference down to Emory to take on the Wasps of Emory and Henry in a game that wasn't Odex Champion rematch from last February, the thriller down there in the Salem Civic Center where the Yellow Jackets were victorious. So part one was complete with a 65-60 win by the Yellow Jackets at Mary Washington. Kelly Williams, Charlotte Woods, uh, Kelsey Wisner all got into deep foul trouble. Michael Ross helps out in a big way in that game, and there were some other major contributions too. They get the win on that Tuesday, 65-60. They come home on Thursday night. They handle St. Mary's without much of a problem 80 48 was the final score the big news coming out of that game was uh, uh, Kelly Williams has had uh, I, I, you can count probably on your two two hands with your 10 fingers how many games in her career so far where she has not had a double double she's had a double double in every game so far this year and she had her first career triple double on Thursday night 18 points 19 rebounds and a career high 11 blocks as she dominated the paint and helped the Yellow Jackets build a quick early lead in the first period and rolled to the victory that set the stage for the trip to Emory and Henry team got down on Friday night game tipped at two and as we expected it was a back and forth affair coming down to the fourth and final period where there were some very big contributions got to give a shout out to Elise Noblock she had a huge basket in the fourth quarter to help Randolph Macon establish a small lead. The lead changed hands three times in that fourth period. Yellow Jackets got it back for good with about four minutes or so to go. Down the stretch, they had to hit their free throws. Elise, with 17 seconds left, uh, does so, makes it 63-59. Emory and Henry is able to go down, hit a three-pointer to cut it to one and call timeout. That's what the Yellow Jackets did to advance the ball. And then, of course, Immediately, Charlotte Woods, who got the inbounds pass, got fouled. So Charlotte had to make both three throws. And not only that, that would only make it a three-point game. So there was still a hope uh, that Emory and Henry could heave one up and maybe force overtime. But Charlotte first had to make the two free throws. She did. And then uh, Emory and Henry got a shot off before the buzzer, but it did not go. And Randolph Macon gets a quality, quality win on the road in conference play. They are still the only undefeated team left in the ODAC now. They're now 5-0 and overall in the conference. They are 9-1 and uh, with their overall record. They've won nine in a row. Their opening night loss by one point at nationally ranked Marymount is the only blemish 
on their record. Kelly went for 18 and 19 again Saturday in Emory. She was just named within the hour ODAC Women's Basketball Player of the Week, and rightfully so. 12 points, nine boards for Charlotte Woods. And a big night again for Michael Ross with 15, but Elise Knobloch with 10 points off the bench. Had a fantastic night contributing to the Yellow Jackets offensively in 19 minutes. And so they take a break for exams. This is exam week down the street. And uh, the Yellow Jackets will now next look forward to their trip to Las Vegas. They usually try to take a trip with the team and play a couple of games just before the holidays. And this year it will be at the Las Vegas Hoopla, December 18th and 19th. One of the games they're going to play is against Wartburg College. They went 31-1 and last year and made it all the way to the National Division III semifinals before losing their first and only game of the season at the Final Four. So that will be a great test for the Yellow Jackets out in Vegas. They'll have a wonderful time team bonding, and then they'll get themselves back over, enjoy Christmas and New Year's, and get right back to work. First of January. It was not as good of a Saturday for the Yellow Jacket men who were playing right down the road from where we were in Hampton. They were at Newport News, of course, and they were taking on Christopher Newport. Christopher Newport was ranked the week before the game, and then they were dropped out of the top 25 by D3Hoops.com. I suspect that might change now after they had Randolph making their first loss of the season. 72-61 was the final score. Newport had a big lead early. Making cut it down, had a four-point uh, deficit at the half, put on a nice charge early in the second half, and then Christopher Newport turned on the juices. Uh, and in spite of 18 points from Buzz Anthony and 14 from Darrell Williams and 12 for the for Corey Bays, who's been really, really playing well, uh, especially on the offensive side of the court. But they couldn't overcome Christopher Newport's lead. Got to give a shout-out to Kutch Ellis, who, of course, at one time played at Hanover. He ended up transferring and finishing his high school work at Benedictine. Now a starter at Christopher Newport in 29 minutes. Uh, the Hanover native had 17 points, four assists, seven boards, two blocks, and went five of six from the free-throw line. So congratulations to the captains. And, hey, 10-1 and one going into exams and the holiday break is a fantastic start for Josh Merkel and Randolph Macon. You hate to see it go into the break with the, with the lone loss, but 10-1 and one is great. You're still undefeated in the conference. That's what matters the most. They'll come back and have the Coach's Classic coming up on the 28th and the 29th, and then they'll come out of that and get right back into uh, ODAC play. So tons of basketball still to come over the holidays and then as we get into the new year with both the jacket men and women. Let's take our first commercial break. When we come back, we'll relive Saturday. What a day at Hampton University. Armstrong Stadium was the site of history in two acts. Act one was Highland Springs. Act two was Manchester. And they won in different circumstances, in different ways. And the legacies are much different, too. We'll talk about that and kind of put a, 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 a bow, as it were, on the 2018 high school football season after this timeout. And then again, coming up around the bottom of the hour, Andrew Lacey, Verona Boys basketball head coach, is live here at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. We look forward to our conversation with Coach coming up in just a little bit. We'll be back after this timeout on 1029 The Mater and the RBA Sports Network. You are in the red zone. We'll be back with more from the Red Zone after these messages. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Massey Wood and West Incorporated has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923. Offering the finest in home heating fuel oil and propane gas, Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil heating and cooling equipment with professional service and installation of gas or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West gives you one-stop shopping for your standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and Heil equipment. Call today for your heating and cooling needs at 355-1721. 
That's 355-1721. Massey Wood & West, a premier Heil dealer. Sports page grill in Ashland is a Monday night. You are in the red zone. Rob with them. Happy to be with you. Happy to get out of the house and away from the snow for an hour or so. Surprise, surprise. Where did that come from? Or as I said on my personal Facebook page last night, that two to five inches of snow sure was fruitful and multiplied. We ended up with 13 and three quarter inches at our house over in Glen Allen in the Laurel section, or as us, us uh, residents like to call it, the real Glen Allen. Uh, you've got the Glen Allen over in Innsbruck, and we call that kind of the prefab Glen Allen that's come along in the last 30 years or so. But the, to us, the real Glen Allen is the uh, the Mountain Road corridor, and we're not too far from that, not far from the Cultural Arts Center. Calvin, our producer extraordinaire back at the station, he's right down the street from me too, uh, so he understands what I'm talking about. And uh, we had a lot more snow than we ever dreamed of and that my dogs ever wanted to see and but hey you know what it's winter and if there's one thing 2018 has taught us it is we're going to get a lot of precipitation every so often so we just deal with it what i'm very glad is it didn't happen 24 hours sooner i uh, remember in 2017 we had to back up the state championships in high school football from saturday to sunday because of a surprise friday snowstorm didn't dump nearly as much as what yesterday's storm did but it was enough to disrupt traffic and travel so we had to play sunday rather than saturday well that didn't happen this time we were able to get down to hampton on saturday get back saturday night without a problem before the storm moved in and what a day it was Let's take a moment and kind of put a cap on the 2018 high school football season. We'll start by looking ahead, actually, as the rosters for the Big River Rivalry All-Star High School football game uh, were released earlier this afternoon. We're going to get them posted live later tonight at rvasportsnetwork.com. Big River Rivalry will take place this Saturday at Randolph-Macon College at Day Field. Uh, the tickets are always 100% of the ticket price goes to the Children's Hospital at VCU. It is a fantastic work that is done by the Touchdown Club of Richmond and tons of high school football coaches who have put in countless hours over the last four months. Put in one more week with the guys who make the team. It's a senior-selected North team and South team. That's why they call it the Big River Rivalry, the best of the North versus the best of the South, and that will kick Saturday afternoon at Randolph-Macon. And again, we'll get those rosters posted at rvasportsnetwork.com uh, ASAP, hopefully, uh, later on this evening. So that's a look ahead, but now let's look back uh, at Saturday. We walked into Armstrong Stadium Saturday with the possibility of the 804 winning two state championships. We had three teams playing on state championships Saturday. Goochland down in Class 2 at Salem High School, and we'll speak about them in a moment as well. Let's start with the opener, which was Highland Springs. They came in in a very interesting situation. They wanted to become only the third team in the history of the Virginia High School League to win four consecutive state football championships. Hampton did it in the 1990s. Phoebus did it between 2008 and 2011. One of those years, 2009, it was the Hanover Hawks who almost stopped them in the state semifinals, Phoebus surviving a state semifinal game against Hanover nine seasons ago. So almost because of uh, then-freshman Sam Rogers and the Hawks, Phoebus wasn't part of that history, but they survived and prevailed, and they won four in a row from 08 to 11. So here's Highland Springs. They win in 15 over Stonebridge up at UVA uh, very handily. They have a rematch in Hampton the next year in 2016, and it took everything and more uh, for the Springers to win that day. They surrendered 400 yards of rushing offense, over 200 to Josh Brees, now at Washington and Lee, and they win on a touchdown pass with less than a minute to go, 35-29. Last year, they had Tuscarora and beat them rather handily. So the game was not as close as the final score would indicate. So here comes Stonebridge again, third time in four years. And so the question was, does familiarity become an advantage or does familiarity breed contempt? And Coach Lauren Johnson and I talked a week before the game, and, and he said, you know, look, not only do I understand and know Stonebridge and what Mickey Thompson, their head coach, longtime head coach, does by seeing them in two state championships, I used to be up there as a, uh, as a coach as well. So I know Stonebridge, I understand them, and I think we have a plan to where we can do a much better job defensively, especially against the run. And it was very early on, you could tell, 
that the Springers had game planned very well for what Stonebridge wanted to do offensively. They were not able to get that running game going. Christian White, the linebacker, had a phenomenal game. He was flying off the corners. He was coming in, getting a trip. If he didn't get the tackle, he started the tackle, and then the rest of the guys run it up either on the interior line or the linebackers behind Christian and, of course, what we call the – they call themselves, I should say, the seatbelt gang, the defensive secondary there at Highland Springs plugging the holes. And, you know, there was one time, one play where Stonebridge uh, pitched it to the outside and was trying to get around the corner. And in the press box, I'm thinking to myself, that's never going to work, guys. You'll never be able to beat Highland Springs to the corner. And sure enough, it was either no gain, a gain of one, or a loss of one, and they didn't try it again. Highland Springs had their issues too, though. It took them a while to get going. Penalties were hurting them early, shooting themselves in the foot. They had a touchdown call back because of one. Uh, but then later on, they got it going. Uh, Devontae Waller with a touchdown pass to Tremaine Talbert, who had a phenomenal day in all three phases of the game. And even though the stats are not going to bear it out on the special team side, Train didn't have a punt return or a kickoff return for a score. But his mere presence on the field forced Stonebridge to kick away from him, forced them to do maybe some things that they didn't want to do on special teams on kickoffs, giving Highland Springs opportunities in other areas. Fantastic day for Waller, over 250 yards passing. We mentioned the big day for Talbert. Raquan Smith, a good day for him. Ahmad Foster Powell, good day for him. Shirey McKeever, good day for him. Foster Powell, the star of the final touchdown drive. He essentially took, I think, every snap but one and ran it right down the field for the final touchdown that made it 37 to 20 and at that point it looked like it was over Stonebridge got a late score they tried it on side kick it did not work and the Springers went at 37 26 and uh, coach Lauren Johnson and the Highland Springs Springers now four-time state champions uh, only the third team in the VHL sells long history to do so so we congratulate Coach Johnson and everybody there at Highland Springs for a job well done. It was really interesting on the field. We had uh, the postgame celebration live on our Twitter feed at Henrico Sports as part of the RVA Sports Network. And uh, this was a more jubilant celebration this year for Highland Springs. It probably matched 2015 when they won their first title. Uh, in terms of jubilation. Last year, there seemed to be a mission and a purpose to that team because they did not expect to be there, say, the outsiders. They had a lot of losses to graduation, and the 2017 team was supposed to rebuild rather than reload, but they fooled everybody, reloaded, and won the state championship for the third time. So most of that team was back this year, and in all my years of covering high school football, I have never seen a team I've never seen a team more heavily favored to win a state championship than the 2018 Highland Springs football team. Uh, it was expected that they were going to win that championship, and anything short of, short of that would have been an extreme disappointment. But, you know, Coach Johnson has talked on, on multiple occasions uh, about, and we referenced him a moment ago, the seatbelt gang, the secondary that uh, I wrote a feature article for for the Richmond Times-Dispatch a week ago last Saturday before their semifinal with Maury. And just the kind of the fun nature that they have. He said the senior class, they're, they're cut-ups. They like to have a lot of fun. Uh, and they drive me up the wall at times. But I really think that they rubbed off on him in a major way. He loosened up this year. He was different this year. He knew the journey would be different, and he went along for the ride while he still controlled the steering wheel. And there was a joy on the face of Lauren Johnson that, uh, that frankly, I hadn't seen since they won that first championship up at UVA uh, in 2015. Doesn't mean he didn't enjoy the others. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm meaning. I'm saying this road was different for them this year year and it was fantastic now highland springs they're going to lose a lot to graduation this year but they got a ton of people waiting in the wings to replace the christian whites and the Devonte wallers and the shyree mckeevers etc but they are going to up their uh, regular season schedule big time i asked coach about it off the record after the postgame press conference in hampton so can't talk about it publicly yet but when you see the 2019 highland springs football regular season schedule your mouth's going to drop to the floor uh if they go 10-0 with that regular season schedule then they will be again an overwhelming favorite to win a state championship and if they would win it next year no one has ever done it five times in a row so that's what the springers have to shoot for but they got to worry about those they're graduating and who's going to come up and replace them now turn the page the late game at 4:30. manchester coming in first time ever at the state final first time ever trying to win a state championship 
Here comes Freedom of Woodbridge, who ended the three-year ring of Westfield as state champions in Class 6. Manchester muffs the opening kickoff. Freedom recovers. Manchester muffs a punt return early in the first quarter. Freedom recovers, so two early turnovers. Freedom's able to get a 7-0 lead. But it ends up being the exact same scenario that we saw in the semifinal game that you heard live on the RVA Sports Network on our YouTube channel, where they spotted Ocean Lakes three points, and then they scored 42 unanswered to win 42-3. to three. Once Manchester's offense got on track, there was no stopping them. Freedom took a 7-0 lead. Manchester scored the next 49 points. And some of the plays were so impressive. I think the big one that really kind of cut things loose, Brendan Clark on a, just really a, a, a play where it's it, it's read option. You're either going to hand it to Isaiah Todd or you're going to keep it yourself. And Clark kept it, went around right tackle, started going up field and realized there's nobody here. I mean, literally nobody was there. So he cruised 79 yards for a touchdown to make it 21-7. He got to about the Freedom 20, and he looked back as if to say, why isn't anybody trying to catch me? He was stunned as to how open he was downfield. Manchester proceeded to keep the ball going and keep scoring. A great halfback option play where K.J. McNeil got it, threw it to a wide open Colin Harding uh, in the corner of the end zone. And late third quarter, we all knew this one was no longer in doubt. And so the fourth quarter became kind of a coronation. And the Manchester Lancers went at 49-7, went on the field, did a, another Twitter Live uh, for the postgame celebration on our Chesterfield Sports Twitter feed. And I can tell you, uh, the emotion that is felt by a team that wins state championship for the very first time, and we can talk to Coach Lacey about this coming up after the break. When you finally climb the mountain, you've worked so long and so hard, and you finally hit that apex, that first 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes after the game when you're still on the field, you're still in your uniform, you're still sweating from the game, even though it's 37 degrees outside, you're hugging the guys that you have been beating and banging with since weight room in January. Some of those guys have played on Manchester's varsity team for four years, and that senior class, 36 of them, who they were looking each year to that to this year, to 2018. They would lose to Colonial Forge in the state quarters in 16 and 17. And they're like, this is the year. We've got to get it done this year. Brendan Clark, the quarterback and company, make it 15-0. and 0. And, and, and really, to be honest with you, fans, I was at the state semis and the state championship with Manchester. They outscored Ocean Lakes and Freedom of Woodbridge 91-10. to 10. They allow both teams to get their score first. And I don't mean allow as if allow, allow to let it happen. That's just the way the game flowed. But Ocean Lakes once led 3-0. Freedom once led 7-0. The final scores were 42-3 and 49 to seven they were absolutely dom dominant so if you want to know my feeling on the situation that manchester colonial forge game thanksgiving weekend for the region championship that was the de facto state championship i think if colonial forge had been able to beat manchester that night they would have gone on uh, to win the state championship manchester in that game if you'll recall not once but twice colonial forge had the ball at the manchester one in the first half and in both times the lancers held defensively they played 15 games this year. They won all 15, and they allowed 70 total points. That's less than five points per game. Think about that. Less than five points per game given up by that Manchester defense. So for all the talk, and rightfully so, about quarterback Brendan Clark headed to Notre Dame, uh, talk about all the wide receiver sets and K.J. McNeil and Harding and Keytrell Clark and everybody else there on that offense. It was the Manchester defense that got the job done, and as Coach Tom Hall will tell you, defense wins championships, and they most certainly did. In Manchester, 20th season for Coach Hall there at Manchester, and and I want to I want to just send a shout out to the administration and the past administrations of Manchester High School for believing in Coach Hall in an age to where some coaches are not given two or three years, even at the high school level, to try to turn a football program around. They were patient and they understood what they had. They went through many years in the 2000s where they had good teams. They just couldn't beat L.C. Bird and win the Dominion District title back in the day where essentially you had to win a district title if you wanted to make the playoffs. Playoffs got expanded in 2013. Manchester started making them. They started getting experience in them. And that was the way they started to climb the next step of the mountain again, again, and again. And then finally making it to the apex and the sheer joy and jubilation that I saw 
with Manchester Nation, their Lancer Nation on the field on Saturday night. There is nothing like winning your first state title. A big, big shout-out to Alex Fruth and the Goochland Bulldogs. They fell short in their hopes for a state championship in the Class 2 final in Salem on Saturday, 31-9 to an exceptional Graham team. No shame in losing to them. 14-1 in Coach Fruth's first season after taking over for the legendary Joe Fowler. Hoping to have Coach Fruth as a future guest here on in the Red Zone here at Sports Page Grill because of all of his connections here. He came to Virginia because of Pedro Aruza, was once an assistant at Randolph-Macon, left and went to Goochland as an assistant, left there, went to Atlee to join former Randolph-Macon assistant Matt Gray on on his staff for a couple of years and then when coach Fowler moved up to become director of student activities coach Fruth applied and got the job went back to Goochland this year and in his first season all he did was 14 and 1 14 wins in a row and a state runner-up in class two that's fantastic now Goochland moves up to class three next year Lee Davis moves down from five to four the enrollment will be taken into consideration and there'll be a bit of reshuffling the big news, of course, is that Manchester is going to come down from Class 6 to Class 5. Everybody wishes that we could have had a Manchester Highland Springs game this year. Unfortunately, that will not be. That will be one of those questions that people will talk about for generations. Hey, you remember in 2018, who would have won if the Lancers and Springers played each other? And everybody will have an opinion on it. They might see each other in 2019, but, of course, both teams with big senior losses will look different, but both of them are looking to get back where they were on Saturday. Fantastic football season in spite of all of the weather issues that we had. The Glen Allen turnaround was incredible. The Atlee turnaround, the story of the year here in Hanover County. And we look forward to what lies ahead in 2019. But first, remember, Big River Rivalry coming up Saturday at Randolph-Macon. When we come back after this time out, we sit down live with the head basketball coach of Arana Boys Basketball, the defending Class 5 state champions, Andrew Lacey, is next from Sports Page Grill on 1029 The Mater and the RBA Sports Network. You are in the red zone. There's more to come right after this short break. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction, plus the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-736-1480 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs running or not. Call 800-736-1480. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today. 800-736-1480. We have hit the bottom of the hour live at Sports Page Grill Ashland. A big thank you to our sponsors for In the Red Zone every Monday night here on The Mater. Uh, our friends here at Sports Page Grill, of course, Squirrel and Company, working hard, taking care of everybody here on this Monday night. Always appreciate their hospitality and helping us uh, make this uh, show a reality each week. Big thanks to our friends at We Think and Inc. right down England Street. All your printing needs, be it business or even personal, or maybe a nonprofit organization, church, whatever the case may be. You need banners.
letters, you need whatever you need, We Think in Ink. That's the place to go, and then you're supporting a local business. And Massey Wood and West, if you didn't get your fuel oil ready for the winter, um, they'll forgive you and still help you out immediately. Just go to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Fueling Virginia since 1923. Well, in 2017-18, the Verina Blue Devils finally reached the summit and they grabbed the Class 5 State Boys Basketball Championship. We were there at the Siegel Center when it happened, and we knew that just about everybody was coming back for 2018-19. So this team is a little bit similar in Highland Springs' football case uh, in the sense that there is a ton of expectations for the Blue Devils in 2018-19. Well, the season is underway. They are 2-0. They are ranked number one in our first RVA Sports Network Top 10 Boys Basketball Poll. Uh, but right now, we're going to put all of that aside and just have a great conversation with the head coach of Verona Boys Basketball. Andrew Lacey is in the red zone. Good evening, Coach. How are you? How's it going, Rob? Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a, a blessing to be at Verona um, for the past six years and a lot of success that we've had um, for the school and the community. Okay, so now tell me. Give me an honest assessment of where Verina was when you walked in the door day one, because it is a process. You have to go step by step by step if you want to end up doing what you did in March, and that was hoist a state championship trophy. <laughs> Easy for me to say, championship trophy. What were the steps involved from the first day? Um, the first day, I had to go in and change the culture. Um, for so long, football has been the dominant sport at Verina. Mm -hmm. So when you walk in the hallways and you're looking at the kids, a lot of the better athletes were football players. So you had to really look and find kids that could play basketball. If they were football players, you know, they helped. But if you could kind of get guys that really love the game of basketball and that wanted to work hard and grow. So when I first got there, we decided to go young. So my first team there, we had three seniors um, on that team and we had six sophomores that we took. So in that first year, we went 6-14. and 14. We took a lot of bumps um, that year. And I was okay with it because I felt that if we were going to lose in that first year, the expectation was you're building. So in that first year, you really want to get your culture in. So I decided to go young and teach those guys what we wanted to do at Verona. So those guys turned into being juniors the next year. They had a year under their belt. Um, we started out slow um, that second year. We finished up 12 and 14, but as the year went on and late in the season, they grew up a lot. And that kind of catapulted us a whole lot sooner than expected because we went ahead then. We were 6A. So we went ahead then and we got on a run and we went to Patrick Henry and Roanoke, which was a really, really good program You know, a few years before that. They played in the state championship when it was like AAA. Right. So we went down there, and our guys played with great energy, and we found a way to win on the road and play for a conference championship against Cosby in that second year. And from there, with those guys being sophomores and came into juniors and knowing what they wanted to be, they catapulted us, and we won you know, a couple more games after that and made it to the regionals. So that became the expectation you know, for those guys as a senior, hey, we want to be better than we were the year before. And in that second year, we dropped down to 5A. Um, we went into that tough region, and Bird came in to play, and we were in the same. They came off of winning Conference 12 right. the year before. So that was always the talk about Verona and Bird. What is it going to be like, two conference champions, and you putting them in the same one? So in that last year, before those guys graduated, which is my third year, it was seniors, we had an opportunity to go to Bird and play them earlier in the year. And what I learned about that team then was we were going to be pretty good because we went to Bird, very good Bird team, and we lost 92 to 88 in double overtime. Mm. And even though we lost, our kids had a lot of confidence that, hey, you know, we could play at a high level and we were pretty good. So, we, you know, we got them again at the end of the year. Um, we met in the conference 12 championship um, that year at Meadowbrook. And another good game, I think our kids came together and they played very, very well that year. And we beat them in the conference championship that year for the second one in a row. So I think in that third year building it and seeing that, hey, when you first take over, you got like a five-year plan, mm -hmm. it kind of speeded up and catapulted us in that second year winning it. So expectations became, hey, you know, you're really good. 
and then it helped keep kids in your zone, you know, in this day and time where kids will, they want to be, if they're basketball players, they want to go where the program is winning and they right. can get the max exposure. So at that time, to start young and keep those kids in and then get some new kids in there, Tyrese came in in that, that time. We had that second conference championship. So for now, for him to be a senior and have seen it all the way through, it's pretty amazing, and, and it's a blessing at what they've been able to do. So in that fourth year, man, we we changed a little bit of, you know, we lifted and we ran, and it became like basketball now has a culture at Verona High School. So we need to take hold of it. So with the expectation, the kids did well. You know, we ended that year. Um, we always talk about winning 20 games. Um, you know, football is that trying to get to 10 wins or trying to get eight wins this is 10 so in basketball you want to to have a mark for your program to be solid you really want to get to 20 wins and that year we finished 19 and 7. you know it was just outside so getting to 20 wins became a goal and then we lost the heartbreaker to bird that next year you know we made it three straight appearances in a conference championship and yep. we lost the bird the shot at the buzzer and we kind of grew up a little bit to understand hey late in the year now it gets to become a little different. Uh, we got to have our expectations. We got to execute a little bit more. So we started preaching that. Um, you know, people thought, hey, Verona's going to change when those seniors, seven seniors left that have been there for a while. And then you kept in. You had Andre Watkins was still around and Kenny Sutherland was still involved. Verona, hey, we then Tyrese came in and they took us to new heights. So last year, we lost Kenny, we lost Andre, and you know everybody was like, hey, Verona's knows going to rebuild. Then we jump on the scene and we get a really, really good freshman class to come in. Um, tremendous, tremendous freshman to come in and put that with Tyrese. Um, you know, Jordan Hernandez came in. You know, we had some of those guys that came through the JV program at the time. They stuck around. So it really came to people, kids that had been in the program for a long period of time. There was no better way to win it yeah. than to have those kids win it um, because that's the pride and tradition of Verona. Yeah, Coach, there's a lot of times when a team is on their ascent, such as you, it's harder to kind of gauge and look from a results standpoint uh, where you took the next step. But for you guys, it's uncanny that I can point immediately to at least three games, and you mentioned a couple of them, to where you knew something was afoot when you won the Conference 3 title there at Cosby. I was there when you pulled off that win. That was considered an upset when you guys won that championship. And then you go back and you look, when you beat LC Bird and that, that's so high-powered offense, you, you basically just completely shut them down uh, when you won in the Conference 12 title game, that was the one game I was not at. I think it was a Conference 11. But when word came out that you had won, I mean, I could hear collective gasps from people. They're like, Verina did what? You know, and then I think that third and final step was the Times Dispatch Invitational Tournament last year. Because the year before, Trinity went on a run second corner and essentially blew you guys out of the Coliseum. And I know I don't, I, I'm sorry <laughs> to say that, but I say it because the following year, you guys played them to the final. Armando Baycott, Jason Wade, Henry Coleman, list goes on and on. And Tyrese and company, those guys played until the final horn. I think it was a three-point game. And, and at that point, I, I left the Coliseum that night going, you know, it's going to be hard to stop Verina. They have got a tremendous shot to win the state title. And as it turned out, you did. Oh. Uh, it was. We, I think a lot of that goes to uh, the testament to the kids and the hard work that they put in in the offseason. Uh, and also my staff. I think the thing that really people don't know about us is how well they prepare. Mm -hmm. Like I think our kids go to every game, and I think our kids know that, hey, we're probably the best prepared team that is on the floor that night because of the way the staff, you know, they break down a sky report. You know, they really take attention to detail and practice. So when we played Trinity, um, we did play them in a benefit game, and we started out on a hot run uh, with them there. We had them down uh, in that game. And then they got they took the lead, and it was tough, and, you know, momentum swinging. At our place, we was on a run, and we were cutting it to, you know, it's like a six-point game with like four minutes left in the, in the game, and the game got called. So we went to the Seagull Center that night. I think everybody in our locker room and our fan base felt that we had a shot. Oh, yeah to win it and I think it was you know the staff we put together a good game plan and the game plan was work for most part of the game and they hit that shot they had a kid um, they hit a shot of three in the corner they didn't you know then they couldn't really shoot it well the whole night so that kid when that kid hit the shot hit the three in the corner they kind of took the lead and they went on a little run there 
in about a two-minute spurt where they took the game up to 10 points, and we did good to fight back. And we had a shot, yeah, a three. We took a three um, to try to tie the game. But it, we grew up. We understood that, you know, still a young team. We were still relatively young. Oh, yeah. Because in that starting five, we had one senior. You had two freshmen, a sophomore, and you had a junior. So as far as, like, executing and understanding late-game situation, we grew. We learned from there, and we grew as the year went on. Because when we went to Florida, um, the loss still affected us in Palm Beach the first night there. Uh, we played a uh, tough team at Park School out of Buffalo, New York, mm-hmm. and they beat us pretty good. Um, you know, a private school, you know, they, they had some kids that were just built like at Trinity. So they beat us pretty good, and we talked about where we wanted to be, what we wanted to accomplish. And, you know, the next night, late-game situation, Jordan Hernandez come up with a loose ball with six seconds to go in a game against a team out of Georgia. He makes the layup and win by one at the buzzer. And since then, you know, we closed out games, and we won, you know, it's a blessing to win 22 to win one. But for them to get to 22 in a row – um, was great because they grew up and they showed signs that they learned. Oh, no doubt about it. Andrew Lacey, head boys basketball coach of Verina High School, joining us here in the red zone. So, Coach, basically everybody's back. I know some people heard about, you know, Tyrese uh, moving that, moving away for a little bit of time then deciding to come back, so he's there. Uh, essentially, you've got everybody back from last year's team, and you are the hunted, not the hunter. So how does that change your game plan? How does that change, and not necessarily from game to game, but I'm talking about just the psychological mindset with the guys as you go into this season and how you've handled it here the last few weeks since the start of the season? Um, for us, we try to keep, at least for me, I try to get them to understand that we're going to do everything we do did last year. We're going to do it this year. So. We're going to prepare for every team the same way. And that provides a level of consistency. Um, it keeps your kids comfortable as far as what they're doing so we don't have any extra anxiety mm-hmm. from going from game to game. Then we don't really talk about it. We don't talk about last year's done, this is this year. And we have this talk all the time. People say, hey, Verona's defending state champions. And I tell our kids, we're not defending anything. I said, nobody's going to come in our gym and take away the state championship trophy from last year. So we're not defending anything. I said, what we're doing is we're like all the other high schools in the state of Virginia. We're trying to be playing on the last day of March. Right. Trying to become, you know, champions of this year. Because this year's team is different than last year. Yes, it is. So our approach is the same way we started last year. I think if you if you go into it and you tell the kids that they're the haunted in there, um, we shouldn't really say that because that may put the unwanted pressure expectation. They got to go out and perform a certain way right. each night. Like there's a burden on their back that right. they've never experienced before. And then they don't want to let it down. So they're going to play timid. They're going to be cautious. They're going to be all these other things. And that's not what we're about. We want to be execute every night. We want our kids to play hard. We want to so we do everything this year the same way we did it last year. We just want to be a little bit better at it each day than we were last year. So you start 2-0, and get Chancellor win, get an athlete team that, you know, is right now just, uh, again, under Rally XL. They, they gave you fits at home last year. We were at that game where Atley had a chance to tie it with a few seconds to go. Uh, you, you take care of them by 15. And now you're coming up with Henrico on the road on Friday night. We should be back to action hopefully by then. Hopefully you'll get a practice or so and you can say hi to the guys before that happens. Henrico's eight in our latest top ten poll. They're 6-0 and oh on the season. You've only played two games, but was there anything specific in terms of how you made the schedule? Did it just kind of work out this way that you got two games in and you had a 10-day layoff before Henrico, or how did that work? Um, we were actually supposed to play on Friday night. So we were supposed to play Highland Springs with their success of their football program. Right. We made the decision with both schools early in the year to move that game to, to the end it. of the season. Right. So okay. that's kind of what triggered the open date on Friday night was we were slated to play Highland Springs because they were most likely be playing for another championship in football in which they were. We went ahead and moved that game to the end of the year. So you wouldn't have that span base being split with a rival game. So, as a staff, we're good with it. Um, I think that our guys, you know, for me, is keeping our guys fresh. Yeah. I'm keeping them injury-free. So to go into, you know, having that, your time is off. We practice Saturday. Um, they have, you know, they'll get tomorrow off as well with the snow. And then, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll kind of see what the weather does and they come back. 
you know so at this point they'll be fresh we'll be able to fine-tune some things uh as far as getting time and then getting some shots up but i think that's the biggest key for us as going through here is getting to the second half of the season without any major injuries major injury yeah. um when you get into january when you get into the grind and then being fresh so i'm, I'm happy i'm okay with how the schedule was and we're happy about it and we're managing it, and um, we'll see where it goes. Well, you know, you're not scared to go away from Verina from the friendly confines. You have five of the last eight games are on the road, and one of the three home games was that rescheduled Highland Springs game, which is now on the 8th of February. You're going to play Princess Anne at the beach on the 19th of January. You're going to play IC Norcom down there on the 26th, the very next Saturday. Uh, so this is not a team that is shying away from competition. And, oh, by the way, you know, next week you've got Wilson Memorial and the team called LC Bird coming to your place. <laughs> um, I think that I've always been, since I've been at Verona, um, we always really want to play to be in that conversation as being one of the better ball basketball teams in the area. Mm -hmm. You kind of got to go out and you kind of you got to play them. Um, and we got to a level where people want to see Verona come and play and come to different places and play. So I think that's for the school is good as far as that promotion goes at, at, with Verona and you get to go out and support your community and play different places. Right. So we like to travel um, and we like to play different opponents um, each time that we go to give a kid a different type of high school experience. Yes. Okay, a couple of quick things before we let you go. Uh, number one, Region 5B for my money is one of the toughest conference, uh, one of the toughest regions in the Commonwealth of Virginia because you've got Bird there, you've got your arch rival Highland Springs there. Henrico is always hard, uh, and and then you start looking at this whole group of teams that you never know which two, three, four of them are going to shoot up one year. And Mills Godwin and Deep Run and Meadowbrook and Matoica. Lee Davis is 4-0, and and they got some studs. I watched them courtside Friday night. They were pretty impressive. Impressive, and you'll see them soon. Uh, it, there's never a day off when you're in Region 5B or in the Capital District, quite frankly. Um, so, so again, from your standpoint, you like it because iron sharpens iron, correct? Correct. That's and that's that's our motto. We we want to be able to prepare. You know, each day we go to practice, we tell our kids, "Hey, you got to prepare to win." And the best way you can prepare to win, you get to guard each other every day. Yeah. So we have some high-level players at Verona. So for high-level players, a guard high-level player, so they get in the game, and it's so tough and grueling um, each night. It goes back to us wanting to be fresh, you know, by the time we get to the regional play and by the time we get late in the year, us being fresh and having bodies uh, to use our depth is going to be huge because 5A, when you really look at it, and they only take in the top eight teams, and you yes. got this PowerPoint system, and you're really looking at it's so much parity. If you go back to last year, we had in our region and then in the region below us in the Virginia Beach, both number one seeds didn't make it out the first, you know, the, the, the first, first night. Right. Yeah, eight beat one in both of them. You're right. absolutely right. So it's, not, no, it's no nights off at all in that regard. So each day we go in, like I told you, we, we try to do what we do, be the best version of ourselves because in the end of the season, we really want to be playing our best basketball. We really want to be healthy. We really want to have everybody in the fold. And then we want to be able to play on the road, you know, when mm -hmm. you get to the regional play. We played here in Richmond, which was good. But in the state tournament, I think we played it. Uh, we played over here at Glen Allen. Right. You know, we played that first round at home. And from what I'm told now is this year, the seeding for the region is based off the girls, how the girls finish. So right, they're flipping it from last could, year. Right, so yeah. that could mean, you know, our girls program is doing, it's really, really strong, and they're doing a lot of good things. So we, we're very hopeful that they become one of the top four seeds so we can get it um, there so we don't have to go on the road as, you know, a seed to play somewhere else right. um, in the regionals because that is tough, you know, when you're looking at how those eights knocked off those one, those lower seed one and competed. So you kind of want to be as close to home as possible for your kids early in there, but it's a, it's tough. Um, we're going to take it one game at a time. Uh, we're going to try to be the best version of ourselves, and each each night we go there and get a little bit better, and then the rest will hopefully take care of itself. There you go. Coach, what's your favorite Christmas carol? Uh, it's probably going to be this Christmas by the Temptations. Okay. All right. I like that. That's a very good one. And, and, and one last question. What do you want for Christmas this year? What would you ask Santa for? Um... Uh, 
But I asked Santa for for this Christmas. That's tough when you got a nine-year-old. Um, he he kind of stays in your pocket. You don't really get time to to think for yourself about what you want. So if I had to to be it is for the first time since I've been at Verona, we're not playing in a um, post-Christmas tournament. Okay. So when we get done playing next week on the 21st against Bird, it's hopefully get a couple of days off to yeah. kind of spend with the nine-year-old where yes. you know. You're not doing a whole lot of traveling. You don't got to get prepared for a game. So my my Christmas wish is that we keep that. We don't have to make up any games or do anything where post-Christmas break, I can get some, some downtime to spend with him and kind of play with all his toys. Amen, because they don't stay nine for long, Coach. I Correct. can attest to that. Correct. Andrew Lacey, head boys basketball coach at defending Class 5 state champion Verona High School. Joining us live here on In the Red Zone on this Monday night. Coach, best of luck to you. I'm sure I will see you courtside very soon. Thank you for having me. Hey, my pleasure. Coach Andrew Lacey, everybody, will come back, put a wrap on this edition of In the Red Zone after this final timeout. 1029 The Mater and the RVA Sports Network. Back in a moment. In the Red Zone. We'll take a short timeout. We'll be right back. So stay tuned to The Mater. Massywood and West Incorporated has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923. Offering the finest in home heating fuel oil and propane gas, Massywood and West is a premier dealer of Heil heating and cooling equipment with professional service and installation of gas or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West gives you one-stop shopping for your standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and Heil equipment. Call today for your heating and cooling needs at 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Staudenmeyer and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. left before we say goodnight here live at Sports Page Grill. Get ready for next Monday's edition of In the Red Zone. Couple of housekeeping notes. Obviously, two weeks from tonight is Christmas Eve, so we will not be on the air two weeks from tonight. So, Red Zone next week on the 17th, and then we'll have Christmas Eve off two weeks uh, from this evening. Already working on getting a guest for next week's show, and as soon as we have that confirmed, we'll pass that information obviously along to you here live on 1029 The Mater, across our Twitter network on the RVA Sports Network, uh, wherever you are, follow us uh, throughout the Richmond area. Get news on the latest sports at the RBA Sports Net. And then hyperlocal coverage across the area at Hanover Sports, at Henrico Sports, and at Chesterfield Sports. Uh, for Randolph-Macon, nothing going on this week because of exams. Next event, we mentioned the Las Vegas hoopla for the women's basketball team a week from tomorrow, the 18th, and then the 19th. They'll have two games out there before uh, Christmas. Uh, the men are done until after Christmas. RMC Coaches Classic coming up on Friday the 28th as well as Saturday the 29th, and then both teams headlong into ODAC play, and the grind to Salem gets underway uh, right after we turn the calendar page to 2019. Big River rivalry again, the high school football all-star game for seniors at Randolph-Macon this Saturday. Proceeds benefit Children's Hospital at VCU. Make sure you come out and support your favorite teams and players for that. The Hanover Hawks Swimming Invitational is this weekend. It's Saturday over at Swim RBA. Qualifying in the morning, championships in the evening. That's become a big regular season swim meet here. Teams from out of town and around the area come in. Uh, so make sure you get down to Swim RBA for that as well. On Saturday, and then the Times Dispatch Invitational begins next week. We have it live here on the Mater. We'll talk more about it next Monday night. Our thanks to We Think and Inc., our friends here at Sports Page Grill, and of course to Massey Wood and West. For everybody associated with the Mater, Rob with them saying thanks so much for being with us. We'll talk to you next Monday night in the Red Zone.
In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited.